0: into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Harsh is the founder and CEO of TriNano Nanotechnologies and a Syrian entrepreneur. In the interview, Harsh discusses the challenges of convincing others about their groundbreaking technology and the importance of maintaining personal energy and balance as an entrepreneur. His story is a testament to perseverance, belief in oneself, and the power of meditation and reflection to navigate the highs and lows of the entrepreneurial path. If you're looking for inspiration and practical insights into the world of entrepreneurship and cutting-edge technology, this episode is a must-listen for you. Hi Harsh, welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Sumit. It's a pleasure to welcome you here on the show. And can you start by sharing a little bit of who you are and what keeps you busy these days?
1: It's a mutual honor, Sumit, to be on your platform. I'm I've heard about your podcast and honored to be sharing the space with you. My name is Harsh Sethi. I did my materials engineering and then I did my PhD. I have been a serial entrepreneur, I would say. couple of failures in the beginning, in the material engineering space. And then in 1999, I started a company, which is an engineering design consultancy. And now I'm more passionate about my new startup, which is tri Technologies in the renewable energy space.
0: Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Can you take us back to those days when you, like, how did you get caught into entrepreneurship? What pulled you towards starting something on your own rather than joining somebody else? Can you share a bit about that?
1: Yeah. So. I graduated, you may call it old, I graduated in 1984. <laughs> so, those times, entrepreneurship was very difficult. And I come from a very humble middle class background. My father was working in railways and insurance companies and all. So, we used to move around. When I graduated, my father had illness. He was like some genetic issues about bleeding and all that. So, I was left, and my brother was young. and. Sisters were all married. So basically, yeah, I had the passion that I wanted to do something on my own. And immediately after graduation, I joined a company, but then I got an apostate from somebody who said that he wants to put up a plant. And if I run that, I would get around 7%, 7% Mm. stakes. So I said, that's a good apostate. I don't have to put up any money. I just have to run the plant. And that's how the entrepreneurship that Kheeda started. So I did that. But uh, unfortunately, the founder, who was the main investor, he got cancer. And huh. later on, after a year or so, he died. He expired. And his children were not very much akin to investing in such because they were from a different background. So the company, finally, we couldn't run. On our own, we couldn't run without financing. So that stopped. So then I started a few other ventures. Again, some of them bombed. So that's how it was a good journey because those times the startup was culture was not that prominent. You yeah. could not loans from the bank unless you have a collateral. The friends and family could only put up certain amount of money which was not great because I was in materials and all of those required capital intensive industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what did you learn, right? In those days when those resources or the support was not there, what did you learn or how did that prepare you for your journey today,
1: compared to today? I had almost five startups, which I did. Um, Four of them were private limited companies. One was a proprietary company, a a kind of a, a partnership company. Each one had a different lesson. So somewhere I understood that cash flow is important. Somewhere we knew the value of marketing and pitching, like mass marketing, how it should be done. So all of them has basically that taught me that even though the product would be good, there are a lot of other factors. which decide the success of the entrepreneurship and we must know each of them. And that is also requires a perseverance or tenacity and the passion from the entrepreneurship. Uh, So all these things, when I started that journey and went through that journey, I started picking up because that was young days. And you are very young and you want to capture that, oh, I have done this. This is such a good product. Why is not everybody buying it? So slowly you learn that, no, this only technology or only product is just one part of the game. So yeah, that taught me a few things. Yes.
0: Can you elaborate on uh, a bit on that in terms of like marketing or taking a product to market? What have been uh, your biggest lessons which you often see maybe other entrepreneurs struggling with?
1: Yes. One of the companies we had was Cybertech Alloys Private Limited, and we were doing electroslag refining. It was very unheard of in, in 1986, 87 I'm talking of. So we used to buy tool steel scrap from some lathe machines or some cutting small workshops and segregate them. And then we had a underground. It was a very small space. So we used to have an electroslag refining furnace in which you put that in and you use high voltage and current to melt it and make a solid bar. So in that we used to buy in the scrap at a very cheap price, like 60 rupees a kilo tool steel, like high speed steel and high carbon, high uh, chromium steel and all that, and then we used to make it. So we used to have around 15,000 rupees, buy the material, make it and then sell it. So the selling price was almost 600 rupees that time, 600 rupees a kilo. So margin was huge, but when we used to sell. The, we are not selling to direct consumer. We are selling to a stockist because we didn't have any testing facility per se. So we are selling to a stockist or something in Gulalwadi or around that area. And they used to say, Jab bikega, when they are able to sell it, then they will pay. So the cash flow became an issue. So you have to learn that where do you invest your money in? Where do you put your cash flow? How do you make your cash flow smooth? So that was very... Important lesson in any startup because you tend to spend money and there are different aspects of business in which you need to spend on. It could be like in today's world, you need to spend on social media marketing as well. You need to spend on your people as well. You need to spend on your IP brand building as well. But then you need to also focus on that how do you manage that and keep yourself afloat. So that was one good lesson. Another one I would just take it up is that in during there was a war, Indo-Pakistan war. And Ganpati was there in Bombay, so we made a idol, a plastic injection molding plastic idol, and in that we put up a bulb. Bulb had a tricolor, means we put a wrapper around a fill, film kind of a lamination, so it would give appearance of Ganpati in tricolor. And it was a very good idea. So we didn't have machine, uh, plastic injection molding machine. We didn't have, so we got the mold made. We got it injection molded. And then bulk we purchase and then, so Asepal, only that. But again, the investment with which we put up, so it was like 50, 50 idols we could and sell it off. It was a good profit. But then we were making everything outside. So the company who made the mold, he realized that it's a very good profit and he took the idea. So again, now this in this lesson, we have to ensure that there is some part of Whatever you are doing, you are having some part of technology with you. You're not just assembling and doing it. So that was a lesson which I would say to any future entrepreneur, everything you could not do and you should not be doing. All by yourself, it's not possible. But at least some core competency, you should keep it and you should maintain. Hmm. That's another lesson which I have.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for sharing those like timeless uh, lessons. So coming to what you are doing today, right? Can you share your vision about what you are trying to do with Tri-Nano technologies?
1: So in Tri-Nano, what we do is that uh, we have developed uh, patented uh, nano coatings, uh, which can be applied to any surface. Right now, we are targeting a solar industry, renewable solar energy. So it's different in the sense that it's a solid state uh, coating. It's made of inorganic ceramic oxide material. The material is different and the way we do the coating is also patented. So it's an electro deposition process and the coating is just 0.4 microns, 400 nanometers, which means thinner than human ear. So what it does is increases the energy generation from day one compared to any uncoated panel of the same spec in the same location. Secondly, it reduces the panel temperature by two to three degrees minimum third. So it reduces the panel temperature. And third, it reduces the cleaning frequency, cleaning frequency, cleaning cost, and especially in countries like India, the use of water is quite reduced. Hmm. So with that, what we aim is that there are a lot of brownfield as well as green brownfield solar plants there in the field. And they have to invest in cleaning quite often, or they use some coating, which are liquid coatings or organic coatings, which just get washed off in six months period. So that becomes a recurring cost. So one, increase the efficiency of that. Assuming let's say 60 gigawatt of is installed capacity in India, we are talking three to four percent. That means in a year, all of Maharashtra can get free electricity. Whole hmm. of Maharashtra. Second idea is that for the manufacturing side, those who are manufacturing PV panels or PV modules, then it can be incorporated in their manufacturing process. So the panels which are coming out, they're already pre-coated and therefore they would be easy to do it. So these are the two areas we are working on. Apart from that, the coating can also be used on glass facade, glass windows, car windshield, front and back, Uh even eyewear or there are other applications we are looking at. So that's the second part of development we would like to look at.
0: Yeah. So are you right now in a growth phase where you have the product technology developed and it's a matter of scaling the company as well as the the impact that you're creating in the marketplace?
1: Yes, and partially yes. So what Mm -hmm. we have done is we have been, we have tested the technology at various places in different parts of country like North, West, South as well. And at government approved labs like NCPRE, IIT, Bombay, NICE and some commercial pilots we did so technology-wise, the results have been consistent and they have been validated that there is an increase in the energy generation. There is a lower panel temperature. There is reduction in cleaning frequency. We are now scaling up. So hmm. currently, see, we are all the team we have. They're all scientists in the sense. We are all nanotechnologists or materials engineers and all. Uh, and uh, what we need is help on uh, developing the machine, which is more on a robotics or automation part. And that's where we are working with IIT, Bombay and a couple of other uh, companies to develop the porting machine so that it could
0: be done faster and it could be scaled up. What are some of those challenges that you see, let's say, in the next three to five years?
1: Um, so first, is that right now most of the people, when we talk that we are increasing the energy efficiency by three to four percent, they, this, they are like, really, is it possible? Even the places where we did the coating, testing Mm. in the government approved labs like IIT Bombay, NCPRE and NICE, initially they did not believe the results. So they Mm. they did the testing three times. So first challenge is to convince the customer and most of the customers, they take their own testing, like they don't want to believe the results from these government reputed institutes. They would like to test in their own environment. So that takes a bit of time. Second challenge is that uh, uh, the, most of the older panels, they have come from China. Our own homegrown uh, panels, have, this industry has just started to pick up. So most of the Chinese panel manufacturers, they don't want to give warranty to any uh, company who does this because they are not aware. So that to get approval from them is the second challenge. And third and the most important challenge is that to scale up, we need some help on automation and uh, robotics, some expertise on that, wherein we can, we have some ideas, uh, we have developed some prototypes as well, but to scale it up to a full production model of that machine, which is fully automated, that needs collaborations.
0: Thank you for sharing that. So with the first challenge that you mentioned, right, I think that's true for any new technology or any innovative product. How are you tackling that? How are you tackling that in your communication, in your in your ed- educational material? How are you making somebody believe which feels unbelievable or which sounds uh, too good to be true, maybe to use that word? Absolutely. You're bang
1: on that it, some people say it is too good to be true and they mm. don't believe. So what we are saying, first of course, is that we show them that there are results from NCPRE, IIT, Bombay and NICE. So they are credible institutes and they are well reputed institutes. But still people say they take it with a pinch of salt. You must have done it, but it's for a small quantity. It's not for large scale. Okay, let's do a pilot. Let's do a pilot for certain. We can't do on a very big production scale, but maybe a few hundred kilowatt, we can do that. So we are trying to do that. Takes us a bit of a time. It's expensive for us also. It's not profitable. But then uh, there have been some pilots done. Uh, we did it rooftop and the person was very happy that it is the results are beyond his em- imagination. Mr. Power, there is the MD and he said that the results are beyond his em- imagination. Mm. He couldn't believe and he asked his assistant to recheck whether there has been some mistakes mm. because they are using net metering. So his electricity bill goes down by that extent. Like, so that's how we can only convince that, okay, try it out, see for yourself. Or if two or three companies can combine, we can do a pilot for maybe 50 kilowatt or 100 kilowatt. And then if you see the results, maybe four months, six months time, then that should be the enough for you to go go forward.
0: Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about risk, right? And especially with your your existing experiences as an entrepreneur, because as you said, this is also a time investment. This is a capital investment. And even then, you have no idea what the other person might believe or not to believe. And uh, so how have you built this capacity, especially as a young company, to put in that, bring in that element of risk from both a capital and time perspective and to be okay with it, to be comfortable with it?
1: Right now, I believe our capital risk has been in research and development part of it. Wherein mm-hmm. we did the research, we came to a level where we are confident of the technology. It has been validated. Uh to scale it up it will definitely require another level of capital investment and risk, which I believe we should have some partners to work on. Second risk, as you said, rightly said, scaling up also has got its challenges. We are a small team, a very young company, I would say one and a half year old, and we are a team of just about ten people, all from the field of research side, so that challenge also remains that if you are looking at. India-wide application or even global application, major markets like US or EU or Middle East, then you need to have a bigger team or you need to have somebody a strategic partner who has got the reach, who has got the resources, infrastructure, and the context or the local uh, knowledge of laws, etc., to take uh-huh. it forward. So that is another challenge because technology is very fast moving, and this uh, today there is no competition, but yeah, people are working on it. People are, because solar industry is growing at least 20% uh, year on year. So there has to be some somebody coming in as to how we can improve the inherent uh, efficiency of the solar panel, which is limited at the moment. How we can reduce the cleaning cycle. So that challenge remains of so catching up with the time and making mm. it available in the shortest possible of time.
0: Yeah. And personally for you, a lot of these challenges are just part of uh, being an entrepreneur. And you can never guess what the next moment or the next day will bring. How do you manage yourself? How do you manage your energy and not uh, let the pressure get to yourself? Yes,
1: it, it is the challenge as well because in entrepreneur journey and when especially when you are a startup, there are lows and highs. So someday you are on top of the world. Someday you want to crawl under the table and you know you want to hide. So there are, but that is the rule of the entrepreneurship where you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in technology and you have to motivate your team so that they remain committed. If Hmm. you yourself are not committed to the cause, to the intent and to the objective, then the whole purpose is lost. So that is fundamental to any entrepreneur that he should believe in himself, his invention, his creation, his idea. Then only he can take it forward.
0: Yeah. And is there something that you do on a day to day or on a regular basis to make sure that you are like uh, committed to the cause as well as uh, the emotional state or the energy state is enough for you to deal with it yourself as well as motivate other people.
1: Yes, so me. <laughs> I also do a bit of yoga and a bit of meditation. It's very necessary to hmm. keep myself focused. So normally, uh, I'm not sure if this is going off the track, but uh, I do get up early in the morning. I dedicate at least an hour to myself Wherein I will do some yoga and some meditation. And I would try to begin my day so that it's on a positive note. Mm. And then in the evening when I sleep, you try to reflect at least for 15 minutes what you have done. So I also have a list of, it's a very common to any entrepreneur, I would say that you would have a list of to-do. And there are 20 items. And at the end of the day, you think, oh, I've not even finished. Maybe 70%. Like 30% is still pending. This is very common. You should not get disheartened by that. You try to do as much as possible because there are challenges which you face on a daily basis Mm. and they come at you. So you have to face the life. Try to do as much as possible, but don't get disheartened that I could complete only 70, 30 are still pending. That happens. But keep your energy in that.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I think it's uh, so common, as you said, right, for entrepreneurs to always uh, be busy, always think of uh, filling their time with uh, more stuff that taking time away to do any kind of reflective uh, practice is difficult. Can you share how or when did you actually build that these two practices like meditation as well as the the evening practice?
1: So I I would say that your life needs a balance. There are Mm. at your age also you would know that work is there and your social commitments are there, your family is there plus you yourself, your health, your mental health is very important and these are It's a ball with a lot of points. And you have to make sure that none of those corners get chipped off. You have to make balance. So at Mm. certain times, in a certain day, you would have your work taking the priority. But that should not be all days, every day. Some days you have to devote yourself to make sure. Because otherwise you get burnt out. Like you spend all your money and you get burnt down in business. Similarly, your energy, personal energy has to be maintained secured so that when there is some requirement, you can put all in. And therefore, that meditation path, that reflection on oneself, that reflection on your own actions takes a very paramount thing. It may be, I do it maybe for an hour, but it depends on individual. You may do it in 15 minutes. If you're a very accustomed guru or you have done meditation, then maybe 15 minutes is enough. Like our Prime Minister Modi, he works for 16 hours. And I don't know what meditation he does. But he is doing it so that he keeps his energy balance. Everybody has to go through that. And I'm sure that with the right the balance of the life pride, you should be able to make way and be successful.
0: Thank you. Thank you for such wonderful insights and wisdom. And as we try to wrap this up, for anybody who might be listening, who might want to reach out to you, find out more about you, what would be the best way for them to do so?
1: They can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm there on LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn very often. And also they can uh, write to me on my email also. So I keep traveling. Phone is a difficult thing sometimes when I'm in meetings. But LinkedIn and the emails, perfectly. I would definitely be available and try to help as much as I can.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Harsh, for being who you are, for everything that you do, and for sharing uh, your life story and uh, wonderful lessons with us today. As we end, I would like to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride, and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own life to help you see what you are already capable of to make sure you don't miss any episodes go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team if you want to know more go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on linkedin I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved, and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.